Welcome back to Bottom Up with Mikey and Ray. It's your boy, Mikey. And it's your girl, Ray. And we are the alternative voice of the ethnic millennial. Today, we are joined by a special guest. She's one of my closest friends. And um, she was supposed to be on this podcast a while back because she's that person that I would ring to debate just for Vance. So reveal yourself. Hi, I'm Tony Ann. And I'd just like to clarify my introduction. I'm actually Rachel's best friend. <laughs> Wait, I thought I was your best friend. <laughs> uh, it's getting so awkward now. <laughs> Isn't it Mikey and Ray? No, Tony Ann and Ray. I'm a bit confused. Well, the name's going to change soon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Tony, let the people know your socials, what you do, who you are. So, hi, my lovely people. I'm Tony Ann. I'm a filmmaker. So you can find me on Instagram. Um, I think it's Tony Robertson. You can find me on LinkedIn, website, YouTube. My YouTube is being Tony Ann. So just come follow the creative people. And what kind of content do you produce? So I produce right now, like my Instagram is basically like um, travel and lifestyle. Because, you know, I got bit by the travel bug. And so I love to go to as many places. Me and Rachel are looking to go to Antarctica soon. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually researching this last night. I was like, Tony, I'm pretty sure. She's like, you know when it's like our 10th year of friendship? Where are we going? And I was like, um, Vegas? Go to Antarctica, She's like, yeah. No. It's a thing. <laughs> Girl! And I was like, I'm pretty sure so, yeah. like, normal human beings that are not explorers can go to Antarctica. But apparently you can, so... I think Vegas is much cheaper than going to Antarctica. <laughs> you and with the gambling. <laughs> so today um, we are going to talk about a topic that's kind of in the media and everyone's talking about it, but it's a conversation that needs to be carry, carried on we need beyond to do our this bit point. As well, you know? Pardon? We need to do our bit as well, like carry on the conversation that is not just a fad. Exactly. And um, so we're, today we're going to be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. We're going to go into the history. Um, we're going to explain for those that don't understand the movement. And so basically, I was talking to Tony and Mikey on separate occasions. And I was like, oh, we're going to do this episode. But, you know, I want it to be to be very informative. <laughs> and then both of you heifers, this is what I mean. Both of you said to me, oh, why don't we make it a little bit controversial? Like have someone with an all lives matter opinion come on board. And I looked at myself <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> I simply do not associate myself with these people. And honestly, I don't think I could do it. So um, I've kind of looked at videos where people are trying to kind of get their all lives matter point across. And we'll be doing yeah. a bit of devil's advocate because I couldn't, I couldn't find someone. <laughs> Nor like, did you want them to was, be on a podcast? It wasn't as well. in me to find someone. Like I couldn't. <laughs> I've literally been going through my socials and blocking Stop everyone it. with some madnesses on their socials. You should do that poll, you know, like if you vote Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter and then find out who the people voted for. Yeah, and then just, block, and them just block them all. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good like spring cleaning right there. <laughs> um but yeah, so we'll be going it through that be. and hopefully this podcast will be 
informative. If you don't know what's going on, I don't know where you've been. Like, are you in Antarctica, honey? Because well, those people block a block. So yeah. Um. So I think the right place to start history is with colonialism in a sense because we want to go way back and try and explain how racism is still a problem and has been systemically put into place and it starts all the way back um in colonialism mikey do you want to take that yeah so starting with history with the whole black lives matter well we can pinpoint it back to slavery times right so where did slaves come about it came from the colonization of america and yes it may be perpetuated that um christopher Ooh, columbus this, go on um can i actually interject there yes, you know when may. people make arguments though for black they say like oh black people like are less than cruel slaves slavery has been around since the dawn of time however back sure. in the day slaves were people who had no money it's just when um colonization happened they use it as a way to say that slaves are people of colour, so we're therefore less than. Yeah. So slaves have been around since Egyptian times, but it was just people who, that's how they worked to get roof of their head or food on the table or pay off their family debts was by being slaves. Yeah, like it is from yeah, biblical course. times yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it's, I'm trying yeah. to say is like, we can pinpoint like the Black Lives Matter towards the 400 years ago, like with that discrimination of yeah. bringing the slaves from africa back then right yeah so like but where did that all come about was when when they say christopher columbus discovered america along with his bandits Mm -hmm. and his army whatnot with being funded by um, king ferdinand and with spain um and we can see the terminology used back then like christopher columbus discovered america like you only can discover something when it's there, when there's no one was living there, like it was brand new, and you've created it and yourself, yeah, otherwise. or it's been created. Like, but when he touched down on America, which he thought was India back then, he saw people and he called them Indians because <laughs> he thought it was India. So, how can you discover something when you've seen people? People are already there of, when you put names already saying they're Indians when they're not Indians, they're Native Americans, and then. They go about killing them and colonizing the land. You can't. Why do you call some people discoverers and not colonizers? Like to these people, like he was literally a um, colonizer trying to take over any parts of America that he could. And then there was the whole race to America, right? So you got England, Italians, French, Portuguese, Spanish, Spanish. Dutch, and as well as Germans trying to mm-hmm. conquer the land of America from from the native americans and that was and then you have that whole war between the native americans versus the europeans like america as they say was founded upon these people upon, mm-hmm. upon these colonizers taking over from the native was americans it, it was founded on oppression yeah <laughs> like... literally so you can't say that it was discovered it wasn't discovered it was literally colonized by the europeans and so going from from that history of bringing in the Europeans who were, who brought in literally like greed and land hungry um, colonizers, they were they were there to spread um, violence. Literally, they were there brought in guns. They were much more sophisticated compared to the spears and the knives that the Native Indians 
um, Native Americans actually had. So obviously they were too much for the Native Americans. So they were able to conquer the land easily. And then from that, when you have that much land and that much fertile space, obviously you want to cultivate it. And they themselves couldn't cultivate all that land by themselves. So they they thought, let's bring slaves from America. And especially how rich and vast um, the fleets of British Empire was back then. They they had the best fleets back then. They could travel a lot a lot of space, and they were able to transport easily the African slaves, starting from England, bringing in what resources they could either capture the Africans back then or trade with the tribes back then by giving them weapons in exchange for slaves. Like this mm-hmm. was a two part thing. It wasn't they not only did they capture, but they also bargained with tribal leaders back then to hand over Mm -hmm. slaves their own people to the british to the western europeans and to transport them across the atlantic to america yeah i don't know every time i think about it it actually just boggles my mind how this even happened but do you know what we're here now um and then (laughs) so it continues on like slavery was give or take for 400 years which is 400 years is a long time. That's generations being created there, born into captivity, born into slavery. Yeah, like, well, Christopher Columbus it's... came to America, what, 1492? And slavery was ended, like, 18... 1865 yeah. is when slavery was abolished. Around that, depending on different countries. So, yeah, and then we move on to... So, after the Civil War, slavery is abolished, quotation mark. But I think if you research into it, Slavery wasn't abolished, it was just... So the 13th Amendment right is what abolished slavery, and it basically says that um, it was now illegal to have slaves, but there was, like, that side note. But this is where the American Civil War came from. Like, the North wanted to abolish slavery, whereas the South, Deep South America, didn't want to abolish slavery, which which created the American Civil War, right? Yeah, but having said that, so now slavery's over and now the civil war is over. Yeah. So technically everyone's in harmony or whatever. Well, like they've come to an understanding. Well, Abraham Lincoln got assassinated because he was a, a pro-abolinist of slavery. Like he died because he was able to um, pass the law of abolishing slavery. I mean, but he the, wasn't that much law- of a pro. He still had slaves. But... <laughs> no, sure, sure. But and the thing saying, is, like, you can say that as well, but... The 13th Amendment actually didn't do ish because it said it abolished slavery. But then what happens? There was that little bit where it was basically saying apart from criminals. And that's when mass incarceration started. Black people were being imprisoned for like the stupidest crimes, like vagrancy, which is basically homelessness. Like they were being imprisoned for loitering, vagrancy, things. And it wasn't even a short sentence. It was big sentences. And now they use the prison system to in continue this well, america's the only country in the world where their prison system is found by corporations by exactly and it's still to this day it's funded by what do you call it capitalism it's yeah not, it's not owned by the state it's not owned by government funding or whatnot it's owned by people who want to create a prison yeah and so i mean Oh, Tony, I swear I've always had this comment with you as well because I'm like, ah, people want to say slavery's over, but it was literally just kind of put onto the prison system and they basically, freedom wasn't given. Trying to incarcerate these. I mean, even though they 
technically unwritten documents abolished slavery in 18 whatever. Slavery, it wasn't actually, it didn't actually happen right away. And yeah. then yeah. even with people who fought in the Civil um, civil War, still didn't have like their freedom or get the aid. And they also had, to make it more difficult, you had issue with housing and getting jobs and healthcare. So even though technically, quote unquote, we were free, we still had no rights, we couldn't do anything. And to, even when they said slavery was abolished, it didn't mean automatically everybody was freed. Slavery still no, continued for decades after that. Because the white man never accepted the black man as their equal. Also, so I think the issue then we have today is that the system that we live by now was set up hundreds of years ago. And though no, new people might come in place, the, found, it's, it's, the foundation is the same. So same way if you try to pull out a weed, if you don't uproot it from the root, it's going to grow back again. And so no, even definitely. though we finally got the right to vote or even other various things, the foundation is still rotten and evil at the core. So there's only so far we can go. And even if they're yeah, not you know, black people we have, at the top. Yes, no, but this is why we have systemic racism. It's the institution yeah. itself. It's the people behind it. They're on. They're all. They're all part of the problem. Like, like you said, great with the great analogy of the root. Like the root has never been tackled. Is literally let the weed to be more sophisticated against the yeah. like pesticide that has been created to try and destroy it. And they were like, no, let's try and create institutions that only white people feel favored and say we're diverse and equal, but we're not. We will literally pick our own kind over their kind. For me, I'm just sitting here like, yo, the white man was clever because they had the system, be. systemic racism was built in so, like, even the black people didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was like, very subtle. We, it was so subtle. So even after, okay, so slavery is, quote, quotation mark, abolished. Mass incarceration occurs, okay? And then... Like you said, there was that red lining effect where they basically took out areas where it was majority black black people living there and they weren't giving them mortgages. They weren't giving them the same financial needs. School systems were flawed. And then there was the Jim Crow laws causing segregation. Even though it was abolished, they were still treated as second class citizens. Definitely. And to this day, and, they, and no one batted an eyelid. You're talking about a country that is now quotation mark the land of the free and slavery is abolished and you know Abe Lincoln did his best or whatever but technically the north and south they were still thinking the same thing that black people didn't matter they were still second class citizens in their eyes they were not an equal part they didn't have the right to be on their land that is what they were low-key thinking because what if you deep segregation it was literally a class system based on your skin color yeah. You weren't allowed to go to the same schools. You weren't allowed to go to the same toilets. You weren't allowed to be on the same beach. You weren't allowed to vote. You, were, you weren't allowed to do anything. Mm. You see, that was still building up, even in this next generation of people now, where they might have thought, oh, yeah, slavery's wrong. But they weren't still thinking with an equal mindset. They were still thinking that they were better. And then I think with each generation, you think that it's getting better, but it's just shifting the blame in a different way because they were even creating this this black fear after slavery as well that black men were rapists that black men were gonna harm um the white women and they were criminalized so that's why i mean they were clever because they basically put them them into a joke like the white and black minstrel like where blackface came about they literally 
actors were studying black slaves and trying to like be entertainment for the white folk and to like showcase the worst of being black and made them into a joke and they also flipped it and reversed it like if you think about okay thinking about slavery times right the white people in the wrong like they were hurting black people like physically hurting black people but then they were seen as weaker right after slavery ends all of a sudden the black people are the criminals the black people are going to be hurting you when this whole time you've been hurting them when did that fit like they put it into publications they put it into the media that black men were like these of course these the, white, animals. the white people controlled all of these resources yeah, but that's what i mean it's so clever yeah, because how can you like in that same generation where you're you're treating black people like like animals almost all of a sudden you're the victim how did they manage to do that so subtly yeah no but like with america they indoctrinate within the education system because they've got power because they know how to sway the minds of people like and it's all about tackling them being at a young age because as as we say like racism is not innate it's not you're not born a racist it's taught and when you have all these outlets showing you that racism is accepted it's a norm uh, being a white person obviously you're gonna be swayed in by all what you see around you in the environment like you said through media through your parents they're all saying the same mantra that black people are second class blah blah obviously as a kid you're gonna believe that and you're gonna when you become an adult yourself not gonna question it or bat an eyelid and Mm. say oh but these are these are just human beings like they're same we're one human race i was gonna say you also remember though that even though you'll say the white people this the generation of black people were just freed so for them what they have now was better than what they had before. And if you don't no, know what you could achieve for them, being alive was good enough. And even f- mm, from standpoint sure. of like when they would teach the Bible to black people, they didn't teach the whole truth. They didn't teach the whole verses. And so it's the, like you said, teaching them the misinformation at a young age. And I always think, when I think of like American, like slavery, I always think of like Germany and the Holocaust. In a sense, the Holocaust was a terrible thing that happened. Those who knew that a lot of it happened through propaganda and the lies that were spread about the Jews and the disabled and I think the blacks as well. But the Germans, after you know, the Holocaust ended, when they taught the information, they teach it as it's a wrong thing, as it's bad, as they don't... Whereas American are proud that they have this in their history. They're prideful. I think sometimes people oftentimes think of it like, oh, Christopher Columbus went out exploring but you th- you also remember you had the black people in africa in the caribbeans you had the native americans we didn't leave our land because we were happy with what we had we didn't need Explain. more you left in in sense sense of like if you're happy where you are you won't go in search so i think i think of it from a oh, okay you're saying yeah. they were they were happy of where they were okay i thought you were saying something yeah, else so- like, what <laughs> if you think from a marriage perspective if you're in a happy marriage you're not going to step out you're going to stay with that person but if you're in an unhappy marriage you might start looking for something else so we were happy with our spears and our tribe we were enjoying ourselves running around the fire like we were cool (laughs) no yeah definitely (laughs) but that's with every immigrant do you know what i mean like all of us were doing fine in our own countries well the europeans thought there was there was nothing other than europe that's what they thought yeah and so when they went when Christopher Columbus came back and said he's found this land, he set off a wave of so-called discoverers, explorers to all these new places to 
to try and colonize and claim it as their own. They they the world that they knew was just Europe. They didn't thought there was a bigger landscape than other than Europe. And then so it was due to their greed and having better resources and were able to conquer those lands through their own weaponry, um, idolized in their own society and were taught to be a new generation of explorers and discoverers. Yeah. They weren't, but if, if the same thing happened now... It's invasion. You, yeah, you'd be like, what's going on here? Like, it's, it's you're trying to start a war between another country. But then America already does that, though, in the sense of they will, same with the UK, they will put their like butt their nose in other people's business when Ooh, it's girl, not. He preaches. Sometimes it's warranted, but when it's not needed. <laughs> but then they get upset when even the whole Iraq is it like terrorist people are always like these terrorists and the Iraq and it's like, but you went to them first though, like you mm. made yourself known to them, and you're upset that they're retaliating back because you've bombed them how many times or what they did to um when they was it chemical bombed Vietnam and have never actually really apologize to Vietnamese people and actually didn't think this fix what happened to them. Further than that, it's like, even when you learn in school, yeah, you learn that America and the UK are first world countries and like African Caribbean and Asia are third world countries. And then it was mm. mad though, like when you go, when you go back home, for me, when I go back home to Jamaica, it's like, for me, I'm going back to paradise. Yeah. It's yeah. legit paradise. So even though in some ways our economy might not be to same level as some areas or like, let's say, or violence or poverty, sometimes having less makes you, was it people with less are happier? So I don't come, when you step into, especially in November in the UK, when it's by 4pm, it's midnight outside and it is cold and gloomy and (laughs) grey. This is not paradise. When I step into home, that is paradise. It's the same with Sri Lanka. Like 10 years ago, it would just be, the aircraft would just be like, all like Sri Lankans going back to their land. But now exactly. you look at the Sri Lankan airlines; it's dominated by white tourists, like, yeah. and because exactly. they see, they see how oh, it's a honeymoon destination now. Like, you, exactly how much better like, the, the plane tickets cost so much to go home. It's like a thousand. I can go to yeah. France for like fifty. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but let's we forget. Like, I think oh, this is what I mean. They're so smart <laughs> because they painted us as the third world country when. Straight facts, yeah. Mathematics, architecture, music, all of these yeah. originated from Africa and Egypt, like North yeah, Africa. From Arabs as well. And is known for creating all these like movements. And bruv, how have they taken that away from them? Like, and now demoted them to a third world country. Oh, okay. Let's okay, let's move away from colonialism because that's a whole nother <laughs> kettle of fish. Yeah. So we were talking about the systemic racism. So we've kind of explained how it's kind of happened. So redlining yeah. created, quotation marks, the hood, because you were not giving them sufficient resources. Do you get what I mean? You created the problem that now you're complaining about. Like, but they also, this is what they to do. keep us down, is they, a lot of people say they gave, they brought, they brought crack into the hoods. They brought guns. They brought alcohol. Like, these things weren't there before. Mm-hmm. And like, so especially with a few African-Americans I've had conversations with, it's always that argument, even with that whole healthcare and getting healthcare in America, being black, especially back in those days. And uh, even like, was it, there's a petition going around right now on Instagram to sign to uh, make the KKK a terrorist group. And the fact that it's not seen as a terrorist group. There's a problem when it's there killed so That's crazy. That's crazy. But the media has a part to play on that as well. Like, 
Oh, the media has a huge part. Because the media doesn't label them as terrorists. They label them as, as mentally ill. Yeah, mentally ill. But when a brown person who is Muslim, they immediately label him as a terrorist, no matter what, if he's done something um, so minor compared to a white person who's gone and in. And when it's black people doing it, he's it's gone in, He's gone and killed so many yeah. students in a school or whatnot, like a school shooting. That's even, not, that's you know, not... even that's mad. Because I had this conversation with Rachel's like, even though I don't get on with like ethnic people, we have our issues and our flaws. I can't see nobody going to get a gun and shooting up a whole school. Like we have our issues, but I don't know. I just can't see that happening to no like even with all the hoods and the ghettos, no school shooting has happened. But these posh white areas. Yeah, definitely. Ow, ow. Do you know but they're not it? even labelled as terrorists at the end of the day. Like yeah. they're labelled as, oh, let's find out. There must be some mental illness behind it. Or so when a Muslim oh, yes. person does that, it's like, oh, then let's forget about his mental illness. Let's label him as a terrorist. A terrorist. And, and this him. is Islam that's doing yeah, and it. And there's Islam. They, they use a religion to um, put his actions like to evil. Like his actions have a I'm meaning so to sorry. that religion. When, when Islam is a peaceful religion. Apart, mm. you know, this is just. <laughs> I was also deeping, sorry, but I've been watching all these murder mysteries recently. Bruv, oh gosh, they've all been white. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Even that That's serial killer, if you think of serial killers, you don't, I can't think of a single black or brown serial killer. We, I just, we just don't do certain things. It's and, true, it's true. Um, but yeah, so the Black Lives Matter movement, so we've gone through to Jim Crow laws and redlining and then segregation and the Martin Luther King movement and we had Malcolm X who are two big um big figures in you know civil rights moving towards the correct path basically yeah and then I think after that in my opinion I think people just became complacent it's like almost how you said Tony when you were like after slavery, they were like, oh, "We've got our freedom. This is this is good." You got what I mean? Because they ha- didn't know any better. So I can yeah. imagine after segregation, you feeling like, "Oh my God, all our kids are going to the same school." It's gonna feel like a movement, and like like it will make you um, happy with what you've got at the time. And I think for a long time mm-hmm. after the civil rights movement, white, black, brown, everyone was just calm with it. Like you know what, racism is over. We can live our truths, but. No. no, but look at but look at the Tulsa massacre in nineteen twenty one. Like the Tulsa, that's the Tulsa race massacre. Like these, even when black people were segregated and put into their own corners, they were playing by the mm-hmm. system. They wanted to be successful, just as any person in America who wanted to live the American dream of like from rags to riches. But they, the white residents in Tulsa, Oklahoma went and started a mob riot to destroy Black-owned restaurants. Um, Tulsa was basically called the Black Wall Street. Like, Mm -hmm. the Black people, the Black families, the Black community were all thriving there, all part of the capitalism um, society that was created by America. But yet these white residents literally were jealous. And they could, through the police backing them as well, were able to just destroy all these, these buildings, these um, black-owned restaurants, and they and the newspapers quote, quoted one of the person was like, "Capitalism is white; should be white dominated. It shouldn't. It should be a white Wall Street, not a black Wall Street." But then, if you even think from this perspective of, uh, also they're taught incorrect information in school, and then even though you have a child for a few hours of school, when they go home, and the parents are surrounded by, the kids are sponges, so they feed this information up. 
and they soak up all the negativity and then they start to believe it and then they breed children that believe it. So even if decades after when that happened, there were still conversations being happened at home around the table that kids were hearing and believing it to be true and then perpetrating themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that adds to even like everything with, even with like right now the Black Lives Movement and the white people who are so against it. And I just think, but sir, what are you doing with your life that my existence is angering you? I just really, I'm back. You really look at me. You're so vim. I didn't kill your family. I haven't stolen your woman. I don't understand. You have such negative energy. I'm just trying to be alive. And it's all passed around, passed down generation from generation. Mm. It's a bit mad. And then especially like the media plays such a massive role. Because as a person who goes in who works in the media like the creative industry there isn't enough of us who work in the industry and even when we work we have yeah, all the stereotypes true. against us and i was saying to rachel last night about how um when they start to they're like well, we're going to include more black people in film and television and then they're using a mixed race person with like three c hair to represent a black girl i'm like <laughs> so she's black though we don't really all look like that like i don't we don't have green hair Green eyes and three C hair, like but so. It's still about, whitewashing it. But mm. you even just talk about like the actors back in the eighties, the black so-called actors were played by white actors that were yeah. um, used yeah. blackface. Like that was never questioned, or like there was never an eyelid bad against yeah. like, oh, why don't we get an actual black actor to play that person? I was gonna say even after they got the start having black actors, it's like a it was like an unwritten rule. There was a written rule in Hollywood. I can't remember what it was called where you couldn't have like. I think a black actor and a white actor having like um romance on a f- television or film like it wasn't permitted. And then there's only certain roles black actors could be like either the maid, the drivers, the butler, the garden person. And then I think there was this one guy who was like um a very well known actor at the time, and he did like dancing and singing. And they had a one scene and they cut it out because he was too good. Like he was too, he was too like smart and too well developed as an individual, and they didn't want to perpetrate that. So they always, when you Definitely. grow up, only seeing yourself as a maid and a driver, you think that's all you can amount to. And people, or when, or even like with films, even to, to today now, still, majority of black films were either slaves or were in gangs or music or playing sports. I'm neither of those things, mm, but it doesn't definitely. show you all the things we can be, or all the things that we are. Because you know? they censored it. They literally were like, we don't mm-hmm. want to portray a black successful family or community because that will, because they yeah. don't want that to be the image. Like they wanted to control the image of seeing black people as to be feared, to be looked down upon, to be low class people. Because, and whenever a black person did thrive or was becoming successful, they, they didn't want that to be showcased because they knew people saw that image in the media that will send the wrong vibes. And the whole point of mass incarceration was like they wanted to get black people to be in the prison system, like to use them because mm-hmm. we see how we see how in the prisons, the, the, those those prisoners are used as workers in um, like Wal- yeah. Walmart. Like they literally, the owners of the prisons are basically turned them into their own slaves because they get paid minuscule wages, but the prison owner gets paid millions of pounds just from using them as workers in Walmart or any such industry yeah. that they can use them with. I just want to go back to a point where you were like, they kind of like squashed any black talent. I don't know. I'm sitting here thinking maybe it's because they, they were afraid that 
if there was people, inspirational people out there, the black people will get inspired and try and achieve better. And do you think they were afraid that the black people were going to get on their level and higher? Yes. But I think also jealousy was involved though. Because if you think Definitely. about all the things that happen to black people and then we're still thriving, if you look at like from Definitely. a music and um, athletic point of view, and even with everything, we're still being successful. And your people who have been handed everything, or yeah. some of them aren't <laughs> doing nothing. And I'm like, when they're complaining about, oh my God, the immigrants are taking all our jobs. You have free education. And what did you do? You sat around and did nothing. You fiddled with your thumbs yeah. in school. And now you're out here like, oh my God, that was your business. Was you so you squandered it. We view mm-hmm. education very because it, it doesn't matter if they put you in chains. If your if your your knowledge, your education is something no one can take away from you. Yeah, for sure. It's like what you said the jealousy. Like they wanted yeah. to control the resources themselves. They mm-hmm. don't want to share it with the black community. By doing that, you need to portray an image of black people to be unsuccessful, so people don't mm-hmm. aspire to be better like than what they want to be. Yeah, and I think you can even see in history, right, that they low-key needed, like, the black people because even if you think about Jesse Owens' story, right, and he becomes this amazing Olympic athlete, athlete, I think it was the 1936 Olympic Games, and um, he he was doing bits. He was doing a madness, right? And he wins all these gold medals. And this is just as World War um, Two is taking off. So you can even imagine, and it was in Germany, I swear, right? Yeah, yeah. So can you, yeah, you can of- imagine like the climate he's even being trained in, right? And even there, he's like succeeding. He's beating all odds. But do you know what the sad thing is? He comes home back to America for, um, so they're hosting a dinner. I, I think it was, there's a movie about Jesse Owens. I think that's where I, I watched this. Yeah. And um, they he's they've they're they're doing this massive lunch or dinner for him and it's all Mm -hmm. the big wigs are there they're all dressed and he's there with his girl and he couldn't even go for the main entrance they made him go for the service for his own for his own dinner this dinner was in honor of him and that's yeah that's where you see the twistedness of it all because they needed you guys right but they didn't want to admit that they needed you they still wanted to segregate and to create barriers and i think I don't know, personally, I think that's why it's taken so long for even, like, the Oscars to admit. Have they even admitted that they don't even... They have not. <laughs> Oscars How many is... times have you guys to boycott the Oscars? Yeah, definitely. Oh, gosh. Like, even with the Green Book film that came out, like, the guy who's this amazing yeah. musician that travels around and he goes, like, all yeah. these white areas, they have him there to sing. And he's, I think, he's, is he staying in a hotel? He's a remember, pi- but he pianist. Pianist, yeah, he wasn't allowed to eat in the restaurant or he goes to this house yeah. and he had to use the outdoor toilet. So he said no, drives all the way back to his hotel. Or even the fact like traveling in America, you had to have the whole travel book of where to go. Cause like obviously yeah. it was unsafe. Even like when I because I was in New York a few months ago and I wanted to like travel from where I was to somewhere else. And even in 2020, I was thinking, is it safe for me to travel from A to B? Because there's still areas that are hella racist. Oh my god, Tony, That's do you not powerful. remember when we wanted to do like that road trip in America, right? I probably had to yeah. like. I was like, if we do it, like we're going to stop <laughs> at like places at malls to use a toilet. We ain't stopping at like a random gas station. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh I ain't got time for that. 
Legit, we like, even like, like, oh my god, we want to go to all these southern, same. like you know, Lulu Bell, like you know. And I was like, but, wait, it's the south though. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I they like us there. Like, <laughs> I don't think we're safe no, there. Like, and I don't think we could do a road trip. Go, like, I want to visit all these places, but like deep in 2020, and we're thinking like this. We're like, oh, crazy. I don't think we can go to these areas in America because you know they yeah. don't like the color of our skin. I don't know. Or not doing like be there night. I remember like when I was looking into the whole get out, I did that for my dissertation, the film, and you had like back in the day, not even back in the day, it was like the seventies and eighties, I think. You had in America sundown towns, which basically meant don't get caught sun in sundown in these towns. If not, your life is they have the right to kill you if you're mm-hmm. there at nightfall. That's so crazy. I think, and I think I think even we like from a film disaster. The fact that we're still able to thrive the way we do, even with so much against us, but it's not in 2020, it's not justified. In a sense, you know you've done wrong. Yeah, it's crazy. You have quote unquote apologized, but like, even like you, like to this day, people like you'll walk down and they're not going to look at you like they're like, oh, well, you're black. Yeah. I'm just. It's just, it's, it's like, exactly. Even the whole, the, was it a woman in New York with her dog? Like, I'm gonna call the police. Oh, and like, yeah, this, yeah. There's so many videos of that. It's crazy how white people use that card to just be like, when a black person's like using up their space, they would just be like, let's call the police mm-hmm. straight up. They would just use that card and be like, oh, this person is harassing me. This person's attacking me. Yeah. Like, she's a threat. When literally, because she was walking in the same park as you, you feel, you feel like, oh, she's taking that resource away from me. Like, only mm-hmm. I can enjoy this park. This person cannot enjoy the park at the same time as me. So I'm going to call the police and say, this girl's threatening me. She's calling me names, harassing me. Mm-hmm. Just because, just because she's using the the park, which is a public park. It's not. It's not yeah. yours. They feel so entitled. Yeah. So entitled for a land that's not so, even yours, yeah, it's honey. So, it's, Karen's take several seats because you are of <laughs> Irish descent. Okay, yeah, so stop true. saying "Make America Great Again" when America wasn't even yours to begin with. Was it even called America? I don't know what the natives called no, it, but oh, no. But that's the thing. They take the entitlement to a whole new no, level. Yeah. And it's crazy. Where, where where did this entitlement ideology come from? Like, where did they feel like they can just call up the cops and be like, "Oh, this girl who's ten meters away from her on her on her phone sitting on the bench and be like, she's harassing me because I wanted to use that bench." I think this leads us on to why the new movement in the Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter has done been happening. Okay, because yeah. from from the abolishment of slavery. Then we have the civil rights movement. Now we have the 21st century movement, which is Black Lives Matter. Because, because Tony, you know this, right? Because I always, like, you know when you read too much on socials and then you're just like, everything is just never going to get better. Like, everything is, I'm tired of seeing the same ish. This is not going to get better. But then, and I'm like, oh my God, mass incarceration is basically slavery. And then Tony has to make me take several seats. And she's like, well, do you know what? Before we were tied up, now we're not. We were segregated, now we're not. Like, it's taking baby steps, but we're getting somewhere. Do you get what right. I mean? And but It's I think, crazy how slow it is, though. Like, I know, but that's why this movie... But it's it's slow because we... Of, it's like every one step we take forward, they push us back five. Yeah. And though yeah. we're not going to stop, mm-hmm. it is taking longer. And even, like, with a sense of, like, 
the the police is owned yeah the police has been against black people since day one yeah that is not so the people who are meant to serve and protect you or even like the healthcare system and the school system it's it's created even like i think something like um people going out to um vote and then it was like i don't know how they vote but i think they vote using like a machine thing you know not white neighborhoods the machines are working but in the black neighborhoods only like Ooh, one out of five yeah. machines are working and then people are calling and nothing's getting done so even like there's ways that they're still they, trying to like kind keep, of stop us from quite your rights getting the no, right sure. it, even yeah. when it was allowed for us to vote it was very difficult i think it's like you'd have to get a card but your card would have to be approved by somebody before it could get done and the person wouldn't approve it like even when we had the right to vote we still couldn't vote definitely mm. they made it so, and you also had, so much also harder. black panther movements which is still to this day only when Black Panther became like the Marvel movie got everyone was fangirling about it. But before that, I'm so sorry, but Black Panther, everyone was moving like it was a terrorist organization. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, they were fighting for their freedom. KKK is still not a terrorist organization. How can you be saying the Black Panthers oh were? But now you want to do Wakanda forever. Like I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. I don't I really don't understand. But he's a performance activist, right? Like they just come with the movement and be like, oh And then they they did. Yeah, they did because it's a fad. Like they just see it as a fad. It's cool. Yeah, like, oh, let's be part of it. Yeah. Let's say our support. But then this whole Black Lives Movement is not just a fad, it's about challenging people's views to challenge your parents' views, to challenge your family's views, to change your actions that being a bystander, being silent show you're not you're, you're being still complicit, yeah basically. you're being complicit in the racism yeah. it's a being it's about being I'm anti-racist not, about your showing yeah. support and doing stuff for it mm. but i think you find that the issue also lies that you have a lot of areas within america that's still predominantly white and i think yeah. the issue is people think that if there's not a black person in the room the conversation race doesn't need to be had and that shouldn't be the case. You should have the conversation regardless if, the, if there's a person of colour in there. Because a lot of people think that they're quote-unquote not racist but still have prejudiced views and opinions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have automatically... And obviously, like, stereotypes were created to help um, oppress people. Like, everyone, every group of people have negative stereotypes. Yeah. And on one yeah. hand, like, it's for us to help to easily identify somebody, but it also help to, like, perpetrate the negativity and the negative um, aspects of that group of people. And I think a lot of people have racist viewpoints without realizing that they're like, oh, I'm not racist. Or like, even with whole in Get Out, and they're like, oh, I'd vote for Obama for a fourth time. Why? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you know that scene, yeah? I feel like every, I'm not, not even black people, just every ethnic minority was like, <laughs> we've, we've all had that moment when someone's trying to be not racist. They say, you know, I'm not racist, but then proceed to say something quite racist. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, well, they always be like, I've got a black friend. Like, thank I've, you for the disclaimer. I'm not <laughs> racist. I've got black friends. Like, what's, that doesn't mean Literally, you're not racist. Because yeah. even like, um, I'm seeing now on socials as well, white mothers of mixed race children where they've had a kid with a black man. They think mm-hmm. that that makes them entitled to say stuff. Oh, yes. And I'm just like, honey... No. I'm so sorry that your fetish got you here, right? But you're raising a black child, okay? And you can't mm-hmm. say those things. You can't... And I think... Oh, yeah. I think that in itself is a problem which we need to talk about at some point because I think that's going to lead somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I was going to say. Because um, 
Those, those mixed race children all have their own mental health problems as well. And they have their own identity yeah. crisis. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah. So I think we But it does look hugely into entitlement though. Back to what you, you guys oh, yeah. were saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. It's the feeling of but you know what it is? I th- I think it also has to do with how they were raised them. Because mm-hmm. I know about your year, but how I grew up, I didn't grow up believing I owned anything. I was very much told I don't pay mortgage. I don't pay rent. I'm not providing nothing in household. I just need to go to school and come home. That's the only thing I had. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of our parents who came from less than what they are now, it's like yeah. they constantly tell you this, like, I grew up in this time. I didn't have, I only had two pairs of shoes, church yeah, and school. And sure. if I had to go to, to the market, I had to go barefoot or I had to go do the farming before I could go to school. And so having that always told time to us. Go. Be like, I walked 10 miles to get to school and you just Honestly, get dropped off. I can't wait to go so, back to Sri Lanka yeah, and see the yeah. actual distance. Because if they be tripping out, they be bugging out for a long time now. Honestly. It's like, so it takes entitlement out of you. Was I feel like yeah, in some level, sure. because they've grown up in quote-unquote first world countries and they have the whole free education, they have been handed things and they expect that's how life is. So when they have a group of people who the viewers less than succeed more than them, it just yeah. like something and they get vexed. But they, they're just power hungry. Like they're jealous when they see another person. But they don't want to work for it though. Yeah, like no, especially the from over the here there's thing. so many conversations of how do people like oh my no, god definitely. they're taking our jobs and i'm like but what did you do what do you do love no i totally what agree. do you do like dr this... patel did a whole medical degree okay <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't just he come didn't... here <laughs> no but oh. i definitely agree this this sense this overriding sense of entitlement is becoming more of a hot topic in our generation than any other generation yeah but do you think yes. that okay because you know I'm just going to switch it up a little bit. But you know how you said um, the white man can feel entitled? Do you think in the same way that maybe after slavery, some black people got complacent with having what they had at that moment? Because we can't imagine how it must have feel, felt for the first people mm-hmm. that were free from slavery. They must have felt like this is our answered prayers. What more can we want? Right? Yeah. And I feel like after every movement, maybe... There was a sense of complacency. I'm not blaming them for having that complacency because it was like a movement, something has had been done. But do you think, because even when I talk to my parents about colonialism as well, like, and even being in England, and sometimes I feel like they feel, because, I don't know, they feel like they- They're lucky. They're lucky, yeah. And they're, they're okay with what they have. Like, I know my dad has- been racially profiled and has had low-key racial abuse in his work because he's like literally the only yeah, brown yeah. person same with but well. like he would never like he would be like oh they laughed at me for mispronouncing this and i'm here getting vexed yeah because my dad was like can you tell me how to pronounce this yeah and i'm like say what because you said it right dad you know you know like five languages i don't know why these people are on your business <laughs> no, do thing. you get what i mean the these like, men just know english and that's and it. i'm like it makes me angry, but my dad doesn't see it as racism is occurring. He's complacent. Yeah. He's, ha- he's happy as where he is. He's made a home for his family. Like, do you think that sometimes that is what is allowing it to take this long as well? Um, I think yes and no. I think in a sense of, I don't think it's complacency. I think it's two things. One, I think with all the pressure, I think it creates a mental block that yeah. it's it, it creates a mental issue of like, it's so hard to succeed because when you keep getting knocked 
down for some people by the hundredth knock they just choose to stay down yeah, and I, I think agree. for other group of people who maybe who come from like other countries and maybe come over and have like children and start a new generation over here I think it's also they came from such little that even though to us it's like they oh they shouldn't be cheating like that that's mad to them it's like I'm not gonna kick up a fuss because I know what I know what my family and friends are currently living in now for, who are mm. back home. I also know how far I've come because dad with five language moved to a whole other country by himself, had a whole mm. family, moved again. So in his head, he has achieved so much that they haven't. That to him, that little thing, I think sometimes it's not a case of complacency. I think you reach a point that you know what you've achieved, that even if they make the small little words, it doesn't yeah. affect you because you know them. you're better than them. Yeah, no, but I totally agree with that as well. Like you said, um, you think it might be complacent, but there might be other factors. Like, say you do stand up in your workplace and be like, call it out, yeah, and say that person's in a position of power and can influence that person to get you fired. If you're the breadwinner in your family, especially in an immigrant family, the dads are the breadwinners of the family. Like a lot of the mums are housewives um, or stay-at-home mums or they or part-timers. So if you're yeah. the breadwinner in the family, you got you, you not only have you to look past racism, you got to look out for your own family. You got to look out for your wife, yeah. your children. And if you're not able to put up with the racism in working place, that means you're out of a job. You're not paying the bills. You're not paying the mortgage. There's much deeper repercussions of you being living out on the streets and so for for the older generation who may be complacent it's more that they want to protect your families and they put that need greater than their own racist views that they have to survive in that environment i was gonna say i think also if they come from like a bad neighborhood where there might be like people dying all the time there's like really bad gun violence that Karen's passive racism, sweetheart, that has nothing to a bully wound. Yeah. So, Karen, yeah, you can chat yeah. where you chat, but at the end of the day, you ain't got a gun or a knife in your hand. So, I think no, for definitely. them, sometimes when they move from a bad area, it's 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 a lesser of two evils. Oh, mm. oh, Karen doesn't wave to me in the morning or doesn't smile my, uh, my smile towards me. That's fine. I've already bar- buried two brothers. So, Karen, you don't have to smile at me, but guess what? My children are going to go Ivy League college- colleges. Yeah. Yeah. I think they look at it as a different way to win. Yeah. I think also when you say this as well, it's making me realize that, you know, I've seen it in so many movies now and I've seen it in so many like clips, like it breaks my heart. But you know, when you see a black mom and dad giving their son the black talk, yeah. like, you know how we have the birds yeah. and bees talk, puberty talk, but like the actual, the, the black talk that people don't even know exists, but it happens in every black household yeah. where it's like when you're stopped oh, yeah. by the feds. The protocol this is what you do and even though it's demeaning like sir my hands are on the dashboard sir i'm listening to everything that you're saying i'm not going to argue back even though you're invading my personal space for a crime that i've not even done you're stopping me for what reason sir it's so sad that because for you the better outcome is your son coming home alive do you get what i mean i was gonna say i don't think you don't even have to have the conversation yet you know friends and family members who have been stopped harassed been threatened or bullied or beaten that no one needs to like for me mom didn't sit down and have a conversation with me but i knew of family members who they was it some somebody attacked them at work or i remember we had a youth thing it was like a water fight i remember i wasn't able to go because mom's like large group of black people congregating like a lot of black youth congregating people aren't gonna like it and i don't want someone to call the police and mm-hmm. so i wasn't allowed to go do that 
or you have um i have friends who've gone for a run and they've been stopped by the police or driving a nice car in london and they get pulled yeah. up every single time yeah. Yeah. so you don't have to have the conversation you know it happens and it's 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 a subconscious wall to some cautious god you have to prepare for because you know when you enter into this world you at any moment or any minute you might have to defend your life whether it's through words or not and so you have to prepare yourself for this for what fight you're you're taught to second guess everything like exactly why 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 do you have to second guess everything a white person if in their family doesn't have to second guess anything they just go on the same scenario like you said if they get stopped by the police they don't have to follow those procedures like the having that talk with their parents because they yeah. know the police are more understanding. Like the police, a lot of the times would give them a warning rather than a ticket. Whereas mm. if you were a black person yeah. or people of color, it's like they're programmed in such a way to do another way of reprimanding you and to try and find out what reasons are you here for, mm. even though you may be living in that neighborhood. Exactly. Even like I've never been stopped by the police, but if I drive and I see a police... I'm oh, already all egg. scared. I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying no, to move away from you. Now. It's so true. Like, I am a law-abiding citizen. But when I see the feds, I'm already shook. And now I'm walking differently. Sure. I'm thinking, oh, my God, yes. I'm walking differently now. Can they clock? Maybe they think I've got, like, a knife on me. Oh, my God, are they going to... Like, you are thinking a million things. Oh, if my dad's yeah. driving, I'm in the passenger seat. Yeah. You see feds, I'm like, everyone... Is your belts on? Yeah, People, no, all your belts are okay. All your belts are on. It's fine. It's fine. Like, yeah. you but, it's, but it's crazy how the same scenario, a white person and a black person to be found in, turns out to be two different endings. Like with the George Floyd scenario, right? There was a story that came into the newspaper. This white guy was saying, I too had a counterfeit dollar that I was using in a store. So they called the police on me because I didn't know it was a counterfeit dollar. This white man recounting the story. And he got mm-hmm. the police, like they reprimanded him, took him to the police station, but they weren't forceful. They literally, he was being peaceful, like George Floyd, no bringing about any violence to the police or whatnot. And then he, he tells that in house parties as a joke, like, oh, I got arrested once for a counterfeit dollar. But George Floyd, yeah. who came out of that store peacefully with those two cops because of the beef what Derek Chauvin had with him previous because they worked together in a club right Mm -hmm. they're both bouncers and even the owner of the club said (laughs) that Chauvin always had a thing he was fearful of black people and he had a beef with George Floyd back then as well Mm -hmm. so when he saw that it was George Floyd that was coming out of that store and he was the duty officer he literally took George Floyd from those two police officers and put him on the ground himself and was taunting him. George Floyd did nothing violent in terms of aggravating those police officers. Yeah. He went out with those two police officers. He didn't resist arrest. He didn't resist arrest. Instead of being put into the car and taken to the police station, Chauvin just put him onto the ground and was taunting him to show the difference of power. Okay, so this is... We're basically talking about white privilege, right? Yeah. Elephant in the room, Yeah. right? Yeah. But do you think that sometimes... Because I feel like all ethnic minorities yeah we have our inside jokes right um do you think that because white people haven't experienced it so you they don't know their privilege unless it's taken away and it's never been taken away and it's never gonna be taken away because that's you're taking away their human right right yeah so i don't like sometimes Mm -hmm. do you think that it's out of ignorance because some white people may be just ignorant of that situation how are they supposed to relate to your problem if they're like well, that's never happened to me before. I can't imagine it happening. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they shouldn't be ignorant. They should educate themselves. Like, 
one way to combat That's ignorance true. and say to say that they're not aware of this issue or doesn't happen they should literally read the news and see that it does happen and shouldn't be saying ignorance sayings of that oh this never happens or america's not racist or there's no such but then i think the news makes it seem like it only ever happens to black people like we said earlier on the argument of we had that swimmer guy who like raped this girl and they how they put showed him in the um news was like of his high school picture he was a athletic swimmer blah 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 yeah this one guy i think who stole something and they were like he's this criminal using like a mugshot so i think also going back to the media thing when when they watch film and tv and they see black people they only see black people in gangs or in prisons or athletes or this so or get stopped by the police so they if you don't see your 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 own kind getting stopped, you might not believe it happens to you. So I think as educated as they might quote unquote try to be, but I even think sometimes to the extent what they try to educate themselves with can be false. I think a couple of years back there's a whole thing, this woman of um her son was in I think it was eight or something and he was learned about um slavery. I think in the textbook textbook it said the slaves um boarded um a ship to come to America to find work. That's not how slavery happened. That's a it didn't happen that's, like that. They did not board a thing. ship to find work. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, in terms of this, the education system is propped by the government. Like, they have education secretaries, yeah. they have all these politicians, and they're the ones controlling what's being taught in the schools and what shouldn't be taught in the schools. They're the ones rewriting the history books and saying, this is what should be said in schools and this this should be taken away. And these kids are literally being indoctrinated in America. The education system is failing them. And one thing to try and combat it or to um, be opposing force is parents need to teach their children the things that what is yeah. taught in schools is not actually accurate or it's just one side of the coin. Like mm. there is another side of the story. In an argument, you're taught to see both sides of the argument and come to your own conclusion of what's right and what's wrong. You're not taught yeah. to see it as a one-sided argument. Like, black man's this, the black man's that. He's all wrong, wrong, wrong. Like, But that's what the education system is doing, basically. Like, it's failing them. And if change needs to happen, we need to see change in the highest level. And these yeah. education secretaries or these politicians or these laws need to focus on teaching a balanced view of history, not a one-sided view. I think that... It's not just what the white people have been taught about. Like you said, it's not just what the white people have been taught about black people, right? Because we've been seeing this from the dawn Mm -hmm. of the the abolishment of slavery. They were perpetuated as rapists and they were going to do bad things to you and your kids and your women. Mm -hmm. And then we've got, we've, we've moved to that era where like they're always portrayed as gang members or, you know, they're doing the most basically, right? And to be feared and criminalized. So that's what white people have been taught about black people. But sometimes you have to realize there's this thing called the self-fulfilling prophecy. If that's what you're seeing as a black individual. So even me as an Asian girl, if all I'm seeing is not positive, you're going to fulfill that prophecy. That Do you know what? The only way I can make it is to either be a a drug dealer or like if I want to make it big and bring my peoples up. Yeah. I have to either get into MBA, become a rapper, or that's no, that's it. What, yeah. what about going to Ivy League schools? If you're not seeing the positive out there, you're going to fulfill the prophecy that other people are telling you. It's straight up psychology. That's straight no, up facts. Yeah. And people are doing that. Yeah. And once you realize and you teach your kids, like you said, that you know what, 
what the world shows you is not who you can be. You can be so much more greater. Yeah. But one thing of which we should be thankful is the power of internet. Like we can Google stuff yeah, and yeah. research and see both sides in the tip of our fingers. We're not constrained like back in the 60s or the 70s by what we see in the media is what we can only, that's our knowledge. Like that's our extent of our yeah. research is what you can only see on the TVs or on the billboards or what's been taught in schools. At least we have the power now to research it. It's like the same thing with fake news. You have the power to see, wait, is this actual real news or is this just someone portraying fake news just mm-hmm. for his own agenda mm-hmm. or for his own propaganda? And that's what we need to teach the next generation. Question everything. I think we should remember that it's just written by those who win. Yeah, not by those And so win. they always want to make themselves seem better than they were. They don't include the rape and the murder that was involved in no, stealing not. the land from them the native americans no it's glorified they don't like, and also the winners are always there's, a, there's a lot exactly there's a lot that happens within history that is just like swept underneath the rug like oh we're just not gonna Definitely. think about that or look Definitely. at that or destroy oh, that was, it that was so long ago like yeah. why are we even talking yeah. like why are we even talking about slavery anymore like it's been a hundred years or so karen it hasn't no <laughs> No. Karen, please. Today, guys, I'm not gonna lie. This this episode did not go as planned because I had all these notes yeah. of how this this episode was gonna go. But you know, when a couple of intellectuals get on seat, <laughs> things go haywire. So I'm gonna conclude this episode today. We talked about the history and how racism has been put systemically within the infrastructure of the American society, from colonialism to slavery to the abolishment of slavery to segregation to mass incarceration redlining to civil rights movement to where we are now in the next episode part two we will be talking about the movement as it is in the present so in terms of police brutality that is going on the flawed criminal justice system and i promise in that episode i will be devil's advocate okay so watch this space so tony how did you find your first episode with us Oh my God, Rachel and Mikey, it was so much fun. I had a great time. I learned so much. I can't wait for our next episode. Um, can you give them that was so sarcastic but it's okay we move yeah. <laughs> can, do you want to shout out your details again before we move yeah my social my insta is tonyann.robertson t-o-n-i-a-n-n you can figure out Robertson and my youtube is being tonyann t-o-n-i hyphen a-n-n you can't forget the hyphens I hope you enjoyed today's episode it's been a lot I've got sweaty <laughs> it's been a mouthful it's been a mouthful I'm gonna go get some I need some milk but I I've been Ray. I've been Mikey. I've been Tony. And, and you've, you've been, been listening, listening to Bottom Up with Mikey and Ray.